more of the backstory on our Patreon page with exclusive interviews, outtakes, and the Lost Controversial Backstory Podcast. You can only get here. Support on the Backstory Bonus Level. Welcome to the Backstory Podcast. I'm your host, Kobe Kobe, and I've been so excitingly waiting for this moment. Kobe, I've been waiting to do this too, man. I ain't gonna lie, because like when Kobe put some throwback pics and them old interviews, and you see Jay-Z and just everybody from before they are where they are right now, I'm like, I know I officially made it if I get on this Kobe Cole <laughs> podcast. You know what I'm saying? And if I get a throwback Thursday posted up with me too, I made it, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I got a bunch of names to explain to you. DJ, artist, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, funny, father of a side, yes. DJ Khaled. Yes. Um, I've known you from the beginning of your career, so it's, it's fun to have a moment like this to talk to you, but... I think a lot of people just don't know your story, man. You just have a really interesting, fascinating story. And everything that you've achieved to this moment is literally blood, sweat, and tears yes. up until this time. And people just don't know. Um, so let's just get it started, man. Let's talk a little bit about you, man. So your parents came here $20 in their pocket. Yeah. That's the American dream to yeah. New Orleans. Yeah, they can't. They, they uh, were from, you know, my family's from Palestine. We're, you mm-hmm. know, Palestinian. I was born in America, but I'm a Palestinian-American. Um, and my mother and father came to the U.S. with nothing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they used to sell, well, you know, before they had a car, they were selling, like, clothes in the flea markets and stuff like that. Then they ended up getting a car and started selling clothes out the car. Um, and just kept building and building. And, and um, you know, when I was born, you know, what I can remember is my family working very, very very, very hard. And that's why I worked so hard Mm -hmm. because I witnessed the levels of their success coming from nothing to providing for their children. And I also witnessed it all get taken away from them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where to the point where I had a man up probably at around 15 years old, you know, on another level, you know, because it got all taken away. And when it got all taken away, you know, mentally and physically, I was prepared as a hustler. But emotionally, you know, it just hurts to see your family go through things, you know, and I'm a kid, you know what I'm saying, at that time. So, uh, you know, there's a lot more to it. I'm going to answer your questions, but at the end of the day is, you know what I mean, uh, my family definitely came to the U.S. with nothing. With you know nothing. And then there's a there's a defining moment in your life that kind of parallels uh, your parents, and I'll get to that in a few minutes. But um, talk to me about they, because, you know, we're going to get through some of the major keys, but there's a theme that you talk about that is prominent in everything that you do, and it's, and it's they. And I think the messages behind they are just so powerful about they is so dominant in all of our lives right yeah and talk to to us about that and how you took that and flipped it yeah well they are the people that um that don't want us to win um they don't want me to be on this interview with kobe they don't want me to progress and succeed and they are the ones that will put roadblocks out there they are the ones that will you know want to hurt you it's so much of what they do yeah um but you know i just hate to use the word hate right like, I just, that word just sounds disgusting. You know, like hate, you know, foul. That sounds evil. You know, I just don't like those words. And I just always said, you know, let me take they 
and make it into actually a positive. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm about, um, how can I say, anything that's hard times or, or going through something or if, like, we're all human, we're going to complain, but, but we don't need a complaint because it'll set you back. So I decided to put a solution to it. Like, I tell myself, they don't want me to win. So what I'm going to do is win more. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't want me to have the presidential suite. So I'm going to get the penthouse. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, I have to tell myself this to speak it in existence to get what I need to get and to do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, we actually have people that don't want that to happen. Right. You know what I mean? And you run across that. And I just want to encourage the young world out there. Let's not play their game and put negative energy back into that, that, that ping pong battle. You know what I'm saying? Let's just, you know what? No problem. I know who you are. Right. You know what I mean? You are, you're they. So, but, you know what? I'm going to continue to win. Now, sometimes you run across they as your somebody that you love. Right. That's your family member. Or and, and you talk about taking the trash out of your life. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's in your family. Yeah, when you, yeah, when you, when, when you got to take, you know, trash is trash. You got to yeah. take it out. Yeah. Um, sometimes you got to take some trash out in your circle. And sometimes the trash takes itself out. Most of the time, really most of the time, the trash takes itself out. Right. You have to be there accepted to say the trash got to go. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you have people in your circle who just are negative. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, me growing up, I'm a loyal guy to everybody that's around me, and I love everybody that's around me and anybody I've ever crossed paths with. So sometimes you love the person that might be a negative force. So those people that you love, you need to pull them to the side, have a one-on-one with them. It's like, like, listen, man, you know, I don't want you coming to my house with a black cloud, right? a dark cloud, um, that energy. You know, my house is very sacred. You know what I mean? If you ain't coming with this beautiful energy, you're not allowed to come to the crib. And, and sometimes... Now, you know what I'm saying? It goes further than right. that, or a workspace. Right. You can't... And sometimes when you tell them that, they might take it personal, but if they really love you, they're going to figure out not to bring that energy around them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you got to be honest with your life. I care about my life. I care about it. I really care about it. And I'm a father now, so I won't allow none of that. You know what I'm saying? Well, you you said sometimes they can be you, though. You can yes. be they. And you said yes. this. You said some people can't elevate their vision because they don't want to progress in the pursuit of prosperity. Yes. That's heavy. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes you inflict stress on yourself. Mm-hmm. And Everything we're saying, everybody's has went through that in their life. You know what I'm saying? But it's good to know it to fix it. And that's what I mean by solution. Don't complain. Find the solution. Like sometimes I used to inflict myself with so much stress. Mm-hmm. Like just inflicted to the point that it came true. You know, you worried so much right. that you made it come to light. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, you have a habit of speaking things into existence. So as you speak good things into right, existence, you can also speak yes, bad stuff into can, existence. Yeah. You can. And that's part of that whole they thing, yes, which sometimes can be inside you yes, and you're battling that yeah, demon. Exactly. So you have to tell yourself at one point, yo, everything's going to be great. And if, it, and if it is a problem, we have life. God is great. And when you have life, that means you can um, overcome anything. Yep. You know what I mean? I want the young world to know that too. Like, you know, sometimes people you know, fall and make big mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to know you can't get up. There is another chance. Yes. And anybody tells you that you don't have more chances, then, you know, that's 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 disrespectful, you know, because people make mistakes in life. You know what I mean? And it's, it's important that you can overcome and fix your mistake and move forward. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I just want everybody to know that love is the key, love is the answer, and love is the solution. And that's what Cali Cali represents. Yeah. 
And, you know, uh, uh, what else is awesome about you, and I'm going to be telling so many awesome things about you just kind of watching your progression is you're not afraid to connect with people, people outside of your circle. A lot of us, us meaning anybody in this world, have silos. But you kind of bridge that gap. You kind of talk talk to people that are different from you. You can your your, la- your layer of communication with people that are not DJ Khaled people right. is completely different on a day to day basis. Yeah, yeah. Where did that come from? Um, you know, I've been blessed that people tell me I have great energy and uh, good vibes, and you know it, it. You know, again, if you put that type of energy out there, man, people want it. Mm-hmm. You know, people would love to communicate with you and work with you. You know, the other day I was just on the phone with um, Jimmy Iovine last night. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Iovine, you know, he reached out to me and he's like, man, Khaled, man, I'm proud of you. You know, that commercial you did is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thanked him because I was like, hey, you know, Jimmy, you know, a few years ago we was talking about this. From the music to the, you know, the commercials and to TV and film. Um, and he was one of the people at Apple you know, that was with Larry Jackson, was, that was um, believing in me. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you know, I guess that, you know, I'm not supposed to be doing big things. Right. You know, and they believed in me to say, yo, nah, let's get this man a commercial. Let him boom, boom. And we kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And he called me and said, man, how amazing everything is going. And I said, man, I just wanted to thank him. And he said, man, you know what, Khaled? You deserve it. You work hard. But also... You're a great person. Yeah. And when you're a great person, that's bigger than everything because, you know, not only do you deserve it, I love working with you. Right. You see what I'm saying? My team loves working with you. Yeah. You know, my front, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and I took that in last night and I was like, man, that's beautiful. You know, um, it's just, I wanted to tell you that story because it just happened literally last night. You well, know what I'm saying? Well, that's a good segue into Jay-Z because Jay-Z said about you and working with you, he said your work ethic is legendary. You moved your family to New York and worked for a year to get him to do one verse for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, And he said that convinced him that you needed to be on his team. But what a lot of people don't know is when he was president of the Def Jam, yeah. you guys had actually talked about yeah, this yes. almost 10 yes. plus years ago, yeah. but the timing wasn't right. Yeah, so... Jay, you know, first of all, Jay Z's my brother. Now he's my manager and my partner. And um, shout out to Lenny Yes for making that connection years ago. Mm-hmm. And when he was working at Def Jam as president, you know, he had a meeting with me and he was like, um, I'm about to start this Rock Nation. And this is before Rock Nation was yeah. what Rock Nation is now, yeah. before you seen the logo, before you even him say it. Right. And he's like, I told him, like, you know, right now my music career is going good. I want to, you know, I'm looking for a home for my label. You know, my label and myself. He's like, man, I, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you want to do, Calvin, I believe in you. So, it's, you know, you want to put your albums out or whatever you want to do. You want to have your own label. I got you. I want you to be part of this team. And I was like, I'm ready. Right. And I was just asking him, are you ready right now? And at that time, he was just still, you know, building it. So, right. I, you know what I'm saying? And I had an opportunity somewhere else that was ready. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Right. Um, but when it gets ready, you know what I'm saying, I would love, you know, I know how God worked. We're going to cross paths, you know, again, on that conversation. We're already brothers. You know what I'm saying? We're already friends. So I'm like, we're going to cross paths around that time. And, 
you know, I started being like uh, Def Jam South president. Yep. I had a label there. Um, you know, um, then I end up, you know, putting out albums and then I end up getting a label deal at um, Universal after that. I came from Koch right. first. You know what I'm saying? And there's a that. story about Koch. We'll get to yeah, it a little and later. Then, yeah. And then um, I went independent for a few years because yeah. at one time I felt like that, you know, they act like they don't know what I'm doing. Right, so, like, right, right. you know, you don't know my worth. Forget it. I right. do everything myself because yeah. I'm not going to lower my worth because you're not focused yet. So I went independent and then, boom, L.A. Rita Epic shit called me on Christmas holiday like, yo, let's make history again. I, I, I want the label. I want you. I want everything. I was like, you know what? I went with that um, at Epic because, you know, at that time I was like, you know what? I respect that. You know, he, he gave me my first deal 10 years ago. That's true. And then 10 years later, he reunites with me where my career was shooting up skyrocket, but he was always in touch with me and I was always in touch with him and I can never forget that. And I'm gonna be honest with you, L.A. Reed gave me my first million dollars in my life. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You'll never forget that. Nah, I'll never forget that. You know what I'm saying? First million is the hardest. Yeah, you know, it's the hardest. <laughs> Trust me. I haven't gotten there yet. Nah. <laughs> um, and then, so from there to where I'm at now, you know, it's, it's, I, I can't forget great, good people. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, for him to call me well, about four years ago to say, hey, I'm at Epic now. I heard you free agent. I said, I'm free agent. And boy, yeah. am I free agent yeah. on a, at a time in my career where perfect everything time. is perfect time. Yeah. But that just shows you, I want people to know, don't give up. I could have gave up. Right. I could have, like, fell for the, 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 the system of, you know, not having enough money, going broke, and people not believing in you. Right. I could have fell for that trap. Trust me, it was hard times, but I ain't fall for the trap. I just kept my head high and smiled, and boom, I ended up being free agent of all my deals: right. publishing, label deal, employment deal, um, anything I ever had. And then I was on fire. <laughs> so you can imagine <laughs> the major renegotiation alert. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because right, right. I wasn't playing. I was like, "Yo, if you got this." We can we we might can talk. Well, well you know Jay what I'm saying like now I'm, I want to inspire the entrepreneurs out there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying because you got to secure the bag at all times. And we're gonna get to that. And yeah. Jay Z said that about you. He said your honesty and authenticity is what he admires. He said you've always been this way, and the cameras are just showing it to the world right now. He said the most important key is honesty. It's best to be a failure with who you are than successful as someone else. Yeah. And you guys. Um, are definitely reaping the benefits. I mean, you, there's a lot of parallels uh, with you and Jay-Z. There's a lot of parallels with Diddy. I'll, I'll get to what Diddy said yeah. about you in a minute, but it's, it's like this energy, this this energy in this industry, it's not a lot of people that work the way you guys work. Yeah, well, Jigga, man, he, you know, he gives me such great advice, and he's such a great friend. Like, you know, the things he do for me is, man, is no words I can even say. I just want to say... I'm beyond grateful and thankful, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because he believes in me, you know what I mean? And that's super amazing from somebody that I look up to on another level. Yeah. Um, as a friend, a father, as a boss, as an entrepreneur, as a mogul, and as an artist, I look up to him. And, you know, the advice he gives me has always been genuine and it's always been real. And it's always been, I want you to win. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's that goes a long way coming from a jigger. 
You know what I'm saying? Like somebody that you look up to. And then I'm happy that we didn't do, besides just being great friends, that we didn't do business back in them days because I feel like it's even better now because oh, yeah. he's a part of everything. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about Rock Nation, you know, and the way he built that company. He's a part of Khaled's music career, uh, management, uh, new deals, uh uh, startup company, we, we do, we're part, we're doing a bunch of stuff together. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, he, he's a part of all that. See, if he would have just did that back in the day, he would have just been a part of that only. Right, right. You see what I'm saying? It was so, meant to be. Yeah, it was meant to be. And that is that. I love the way he built Rock Nation. It's inspiring because it's so much going on. You got the sports, you got the artists, you got the label, you got the management. You know what I mean? And it's like an all-star team with the, the Oracle. You know what I'm saying? And if you're, a, and if, you know, I tell all artists, any anybody out there that's doing what they want to do, if you're a winner, and we're all winners, we're born winners. When I say if you're a winner, are you working hard enough to continue to win and be great? If you're that person, man, over there, they'll take it to the next level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I love about it. Coming up on the Backstory Podcast, DJ Khaled hits rock bottom. At one point, you know, when you talked about your parents early on and they lost everything, they moved back to New Orleans. They left you there in Florida. You kind of were doing your thing, and you were struggling financially. You yeah. got evicted almost like 10 times. Yeah, yeah, all the time. And so eventually you ran out of money, and then you went back to New Orleans. But when you went back to New Orleans, you used that as sort of like a moment to say, I need to get back to Florida because you was the energy about Florida. Yeah, yeah. And you work at a, a Shoney's. You was a yeah, busboy at Shoney's. Shoney's, and I worked at a, at record, a record store, store. called Odyssey Records. And you met Wayne, uh, you Wayne, met Wayne and Birdman, Birdman and Slim. And you were there the moment that Little Wayne that, and when Baby Birdman met. met Wayne, I was there. You're listening to the Backstory Podcast, and this is the story of DJ Khaled. So let's get into DJ Khaled, the DJ. So you kind of came up watching the Kid Capri, Funk Flex, and some of the early DJs and how they were brilliant in commanding the microphone and the turntables. And you got into radio through like sort of like an illegal pirate radio station. But what was crazy about that is... And I heard Fat Joe tell the story about him and Pun were listening to you on this pirate radio station because at that time in Florida, EDR was the big station, but they weren't really embracing hip-hop, but you yeah. guys were killing yeah. it. Yeah. And, and they were riding, listening to the pirate, yeah, pirate station yeah. and came to your yeah. show, which yeah. Yeah. never yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, it's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. And then these yeah. guys show up to yeah. the radio yeah. station and... Fat Joe tells a story about how you was planting the seeds with him about doing an album, and then yeah. he puts you yes. in the Terror Squad. Yes, yes. So you, Joe, you got you got balls on you, man. You yeah. Just, so well, I'm gonna start off with Joe before I get into the radio. Joe yeah. is my brother. He's also I'm also the godfather of his beautiful daughter. Yep. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and that's when I say my brother, that's like my brother beyond my brother. Like he like he like blood, um, and he believed in me. Uh, from the beginning, uh, besides us being brothers, he also embraced me, shouted me out on his records, let me go on the road with him, yep. um, stand right beside him, stayed at his house, you know, just like real family for years and, and still family for years. And actually, my first record deal, Koch, right. he's the one that got the Koch deal Because for the me. guy that signed him, yeah, Alan Grumblack. Alan Grumblack, yeah, was uh, friends with now. Joe, and Joe told Alan yep. Grumblack, you got to do this deal with Khaled. Yep. He's the truth. Yep. Trust me. Yep. I, you just have to believe in me. Yep. And I remember we was in a meeting. He got the deal for me. And, I, and, and one of the biggest things that ever happened for that company was All I Do Was Win. You yeah, gave them the no, biggest... Yeah, no, we was the biggest artist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no respect to nobody. Come yeah. out. 
number wise. Number wise, we was the no, biggest because we're all the biggest. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I mean? Like yeah. we got to, we also got to embrace our, our our stats. Right, right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And I put a lot. I think I think I put like four albums out over there. Yeah. And they were huge. We taking over. I'm so hood. Yeah. All I do is win. Yeah. Brown paper bag. Yeah. You know the list goes on. Yep. Big massive hits. You know what I'm saying? And um, I have to, you know, Joe, I, I thank him, man, because he, he really told Alan Grumbach to give me the deal. And and it wasn't about the the business of the deal because obviously I did the deal for nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was the opportunity. And that's what I want to tell people. Take your opportunities to the next level. I took my opportunity that I was blessed to have to the next level. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's what you're supposed to do. And that's what I continue to do. And um, he's just an amazing person, man. I love Joe, and I want to thank him for not only believing me, for being my brother. You know what I'm saying? And as far as the radio, I come from Pirate Radio, Underground Radio in Dade County, 305 Miami, um, a secret location that gets moved every week. Yep. Um, and at the same time as uh, people in Miami would listen to me 24 hours around the clock because I literally slept in the station. And while everybody would leave, to go out or a club or something like that, I'll stay and play on the radio. And Cool and Dre, who became big producers, were yeah. on before you. Yeah, they had a slot before me, and I did a guest spot. I mean, I did a guest spot, and I, my show was right after theirs, and that's how we met. Yep. And then they left to Atlanta for a while. When they came back, I had the city on fire. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then I ended up having my own slot. Yeah. And, and then Luke calls you. And then Luke that's calls That's the godfather yes. of Miami, right? So, yes, my brother Luke. Luke, I want to thank him so much because Luke called me while I was on the underground radio station. To He got an opportunity to do uh, a Luke show on EDR, which right. was the big station like yep. yours, yep. Uh, but in Miami. Miami, yep. So I've been trying to get on that station the whole time. Right. And, my and friend, they were kind of conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they wasn't really playing hip-hop nope. like that. Nope. But they hired Cedric Hollywood. Right. That just got in there, somebody I knew from Orlando. Right. So I was already campaigning. Right. Then Luke calls me. Yep. So, like, the, 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 the campaigning started connecting. And it changed the energy of the right. station. So Luke called me to be the host, co-host, and the DJ of the Luke show was on Friday night. And it was the biggest radio show, I want to say, in the world at that time. Because it was just that crazy. Yeah. It was so crazy that we had to get off the air. Yeah. It was like, from the music side... We was playing world premieres. Like, I used to drive to New York just to get a, a dat to come back to Miami to play the world premiere. Like, that's how that's how it was back in the days. And musically, we was hurting the game. But also, Luke was, man, that's Uncle Luke. The man yeah. the man was, had people outside the station, like a club, trying yeah. to break in the station. Yeah. People all type of, you know, Luke would start some stuff up yeah, and yeah, yeah. people start arguing. And, he and had it, that, um, this that is show. all this he, is all in the air. Yeah, no. This is like, ain't no acting, ain't none of and that. Remember he had that TV show and all the rappers were going down there um, in Miami? Yeah, I know you're trying to forget yeah. the name, but like, yeah. people would literally walk in the station right. either arguing, having beef with somebody, or right. we'd be celebrating interviews. It's just too much. If you survive that time, right. You could do anything in the in life right. because it was so serious. And that show was so incredible. So that show did so well with ratings. And then Luke, I think, went on tour, started going on tour, and then he ended up not doing radio. And they ended up giving me the show. Right. Um, you know, because you were filling it wasn't, in. Yeah, yeah it wasn't a Luke show. Right. I, after the Luke show got done, right. when he when he decided to go on the road and, and not do the radio at that time, I ended up getting the mix show by myself. Right. Then from there, I ended up getting 5 o'clock. Yeah. 
and my Friday night show. Yeah. And then from the five o'clock on my Friday night show, I end up getting the night show. Yeah. And then the night show and all everything I did went number one, boom, boom. I did that for like fifteen years. On top Miami. of doing the music too. And, and top of producing, making albums. And traveling, I was doing all that. And at that time, I want to let all the uh, all my radio people know. I used to do, like you know, at the night show Monday through Friday. Yeah. And say I had a gig out of town, I would do the gig, come back same day or the next day yeah. to make my shift. I, re- I I never believed in uh, letting somebody fill in for me because I always thought they try uh, to finish flex, me. Flexes like that too. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They like yeah. they got. Different yeah. intentions over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how I was. Yeah, yeah. That's how my antennas were back in them days. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm coming from nothing. I'm making it now. So I'm like, whoa, they're trying to. And you know, how radio is. We all come with. You know, we gonna keep it real and honest. Yeah. We know how it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we all want to go to the next level. We all yeah. want to take it to the next level. We're so ambitious to go to the next level. But we also know there's some people out there that's trying to. Snipe you, poof. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be. It is what yeah, it is. It is what but it is. it's everybody's story. The cream rises to the top. Yeah. So to make a, a long story short, so I at one point I got so busy. Mm-hmm. This is like 15 years later. I got so busy, and I'm like, I refuse to quit radio. Right. Like I refuse to do. It. I'm like, no way. If I do that, then no. That's, that's all I know. Like that's that's how I got where I'm at. There's like, that again. That's they. Right. So in. I'm saying to myself, I, like. I'm not going to let that go either, but it was a time where EDR came to me, and, I, and I'll never forget it, and, I, man, and this is how I know how much they love me, because they're like, yo, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, we love you. If you need to take off and pre-record, or this is, this is at that time, or you know what, if you, don't want, if you can't fulfill this, this is your home. It's whenever you want to come. Like you, say you, you stop radio tomorrow, and you decide to clock in today. No problem. And when they told me that, I felt honored and a relief to say, man, no, okay, that's a sign of let's go to the next level. Yep. And I went to the next level, and they made me my, I'm the voice still at the station. To this day, I'm still the voice. With all the changes that EDR, if new people come in, I'm still the voice. Yeah. It's like, that's like honored. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man. So I, I went and did my my albums and my music career and my executive gigs and all that, and that made me feel good. That means I, I accomplished what I needed to accomplish at EDR at 99 Jams. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, it's like it's like they would have to retire my jersey. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not retired though. You see what I'm saying? Like I'm still in the. I'm still. They, my voice is on the station. If I wanted to do an air shift, they ready. You know what I mean? So I appreciate 99 Jams. Thank you so much. Well, I and, love y'all. And, and we skipped over a lot before we got there. But at one point, when you talked about your parents early on and they lost everything, they moved back to New Orleans. They left you there in Florida. You kind of were doing your thing and you were struggling financially. You yeah. got evicted almost like 10 times. Yeah, yeah, all the time. And so eventually you ran out of money and then you went back to New Orleans. But when you went back to New Orleans, you used that as sort of like a moment to say, I need to get back to Florida because you was the energy about Florida. Yeah, yeah. And you work at a, a Shoney's. You was a yeah, bus show, boy at Shoney's. Shoney's and I worked at a, at record, a record store, store. called Odyssey Records. And you met Wayne, uh, you Wayne, met Wayne and Birdman, Birdman and Slim. And you were there at a the moment that Little yeah, Wayne that and when Baby When Birdman met. met Wayne, I was there. I yeah. was I was there, and I, I was, I was all, I also seen like Birdman and Slim used to come in his car, bring you the records. Yeah, they bring open a trunk and bring up the CDs. Uh, I mean, no, not even see tapes, 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 yep. and 
right when he would give it to us, I would have to fill in the log. Like we just got a bunch of BG right. uh, tapes right. at that time. I remember BG and and they would literally sell out like in twenty minutes. Yeah, like. Like, I would have to call him back, like, yo, it sold out. Right. Like, it would really sell. So, and at that time, I was, um, you know, you know, I'm from I'm Miami. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm now, I'm only here for back visiting. Right. But I ended up having to stay for, like, a year because my money wasn't right. Right. And I had to get back on my feet. You know, got, when you get, you know, mommy and daddy, you're going to make sure you're good regardless. Even, yep. if it, even if it ain't no roof. they get, their, their hug is the roof. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I'm in there hustling, saving up my money from Shoney's. And the record store, and I won a DJ contest. $5,000. Yeah, $5,000. He was back, baby. It was, yeah, it was Club Whispers. And I got that money, and money I saved up got me a U-Haul truck and went back to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I just stayed, and I just went through all the storms because I wanted to fulfill my my dream. But you also saw Slim and Baby sign a $100 million record deal. Yeah. And, and, that, and that was inspiring in that yeah. moment. You, you had to be like, oh, my God. This, I seen this. that, too. And they were coming from New Orleans, and that never had happened before in the yeah, music business. I seen that, too. It's like, I seen all that. Man, it's inspiring from Birdman to Slim to, to Puffy to Jay-Z. You know, those are all artists slash moguls and executives and really in the field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, just a, it's, it's great that I know all of them. Not just know them as, hey, how you doing? No, I really know them. You know, I really talk to them. Um, I've been to everybody's homes, and they've been to my homes. Like, this is, this is you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, like, this is greatness that I'm I'm soaking in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why we we doing what we doing. We was inspired. We still inspired by those greats. Well, and and in that th- at that time too, also the the continuous struggle that you had, like you were almost living out of your Honda Civic. And you talked a little bit about that struggle, and you had a girlfriend at the time, and yeah. you would like stay at her mom's house when she was at her dad's house. You had to stay. Like yeah. that breaks most people. And you made a quote about you said, looking back on your life, you wouldn't trade any storm in your path. If you had to do it again, you'd do it again. Yeah, because you know we don't want, we never wish uh, or want to go through a, a storm. But sometimes when you go through a storm and you're blessed to overcome it, it tells you never to be in that storm again in your life. Right. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of those storms came to me, you know, through my, my climbing this mountain that I'm climbing. And I went through a lot of a lot of stuff, man, that, you know, not everybody can make it through or, or, or mentally, physically be still stable. You know what I'm saying? And I did that. And I'm blessed because I know never to go to that storm or allow that storm to ever come again. And that's part of, you know, life and, and, and makes me appreciate life even more. You know, I'm a type of person that prays almost every second of the day. You know, walking, I'm praying. When I wake up, I pray. When I go to bed, I pray. I'm in the car, I pray. I'm, when I'm done with this interview, I'm going to pray. You know, I just, that's what I do and because I, I really cherish life. And I know um, we all go through hard times and it, it, it was hard. It was hard. But I know there's sunshine on the other side. Right. You know what I mean? And I want everybody to know that because, you know, sometimes you only see this dark cloud. Right. But I promise you the sunshine above it trying to crack through 
We got to get to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Coming up on the Backstory Podcast, DJ Khaled has a life-changing experience that sets the tone for where he is now. And you talked about your special cloth and how you treat yourself. And one of the things that happened in your life was you were riding around in Florida with no license. And you kept getting issues with going to court. And you had a lawyer that was taking taking care of it for you. And one day the judge was like, no, man, I'm I'm done with you. She she locked you up. She locked me up. And that time, that little bit of time you spent in jail changed your whole perspective. Yes, it Kind of guided you to the success that you're having now. This is Colby Kolb, and you're checking out the Backstory Podcast. And this is the story of DJ Khaled. And so you had, uh, you know, your co-star on the four. Diddy said this about you. He says, your success is no accident. He never let any locked door or roadblock block his dreams. Yeah. And you just continuously fight through that. And and I know it's it, it seems overwhelming that you're able to do that because most people cannot do that most people hit a wall and it's like the wall takes them out or they'll they'll come back but there's a lot of struggle but you seem to have to live with no fear or no like you you just you just kind of plow forward and it it, it, what is where did that come from where is that inside you that because I, i i've i've went through some serious uh hard times in my life and some just some real crazy stuff in my life when i say crazy this hard times, nothing um, where I was doing something wrong. It's just I've I've crossed roads where it was just crazy, and it's like I tell myself, man, I've been through all of it. I'm right. fearless. The right. only thing I was fearing of is flying, and my son made me overcome that uh, two years ago. Now I'm 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 solidified. I can sign on a dollar line. I'm fearless. Right. You know what I'm saying? The only fear I had was flying, and my son. Healed that for me. Obviously, God did. God and Assad healed that for me two years ago. Yeah, and you talked about your special cloth and how you treat yourself. And one of the things that happened in your life was you were riding around in Florida with no license. And you kept getting issues with yeah. going to court. And you had a lawyer that was taking for, taking care of it for you. And then one day the judge was like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm done with you. Yeah. She, she locked you up. She locked me and, up. And that time, that little bit of time you spent in jail changed your whole perspective. Yes, it kind of Kind of guided you to the success that you're having now. Yes. Tell us about that moment. Because a lot of people face that on a day-to-day basis. Because I used to, um, in Florida, you know, the way licenses are, you get points. I don't know how it is in the DMV, but point systems, um, they'll get suspended. And I kept, my license was suspended for years. And when I was staying in Orlando, um, it got suspended so many times. And the town is so small. Right. Like, if I left the club from work, I'm getting pulled over. That's Khaled. You know, oh, Khaled's leaving high school. Pull him over. We know his car. It's Khaled. Because I would still drive. Right. Like, you know, I'm a kid. You know what I'm saying? Right, I got to right, drive right. my car. You right. know what I'm saying? I'm having right. fun. Right. And the cops kept pulling me over. I had a good lawyer at that time that would get me out of my stuff. But the judge kept seeing me. He's like, you know what? Um, enough. Your lawyer ain't getting you out. And it was unexpected. I was at court. Right. And my girlfriend was in the back. And they put the handcuffs, the hand, on, the handcuffs on me. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and they just took me to jail. So I did a little short, little small time, but that short time was like saying to myself, I can't believe I'm in here. You know, people was in there like, Cal, what are you, what are you doing in here? I'm like, I have no clue. You know, and I kept saying to myself, when I get out of here, that's one thing I can promise you is I'm never going back here. Right. And the day I got out, um, we packed the Honda Civic up and went straight to Miami. 
And that's when I started the journey in Miami. Right. And I've been in Miami for like 27, 28 years. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I represent because that's where I feel like I've been raised. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, Miami. That's where you became a man. Yeah, exactly. It's where I yeah. became a man in Miami. I, I came there with nothing and look where we at now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I got so many amazing stories in Miami. Um, well, I, I want to share this one story because it, it goes to your your code about eth- uh, loyalty. Yeah. Because you're a very loyal person. Yes. And you tell the story about Joey Buttafuoco. And that, was that the same mm-hmm. Joey Buttafuoco from Long Island? That had all the drama in Long Island. He was he no, 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 a different no, no, one. No, okay, no, no. I was just making sure. No, no. So this guy named Joey Butterfuco, who you called him Buddha, who yeah, butter, butter, butter. Yeah. He had a club. Yes. And you were killing in this club, and then it got shut down. Yes. And another club came yes. to you and was like, "Here, we'll give you more money." Yes. And you stayed loyal to Buddha because he put you on yes. when you were knocking on his door saying, "Yo, yes. I need to be on," and he yeah. put you on, and you yeah, stayed he, loyal. He 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 was running the um the station, and he had all the clubs, and he's my like. Consider one of my best friends, I'm telling you, to this mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. He is like family, beyond family. His name is Butter. And he had all the clubs. And I used to do security for the VIP in the club because I wanted so bad a DJ. I wanted to find a way. Like, y'all, I'm, I pass out the flyers for right. him. I right. do your VIP security. Just give me 10 minutes on the turntable. Let me right. show you that I will tear and this place down. he gave you that opportunity. He gave me my opportunity as well as the opportunity at the underground station. Right. So... He, you know, he's feeling all this great energy and me hustling and me waking up in the morning with him, going to college campuses, passing out flyers, yeah. uh, going that night, working the security. I'm a DJ and a yeah. producer. Yeah. I don't do this, right. you know, uh, security. But if I got to do that to get to my turntables in the right. club, I'm going to do it. Right. So he finally gave me the um, 10 minutes and I light the whole place up, right. which I was trying to tell him from day one. Right. Put Coward on there. I'm going to light the whole place up. I mean, what's the matter? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I light the place up and our relationship got bigger and bigger and started doing amazing stuff. Then he got his club taken away uh, from him in South Beach. And it was the most poppinest night ever. It was called Rockers Island mm-hmm. on Friday, Club Amnesia. Right now it's called Story. Right. And we had Friday nights called Rockers Island. And when I tell you it's the most legendary night to this day, there will never be a party like that. And it got the it, politics somehow got shut down. So the other clubs and promoters would call me and offer me all type of money. And I felt uncomfortable, man, because I was like, you know, I got to pay my rent or I'm going to get evicted and right. I got to eat. I got to find a way to, you know, at that time I was living in Miramar. And my, I had no furniture. I was sleeping on sheets and vinyl and eating crackers. Yeah. You know, I don't know if y'all seen a picture I posted up a long throwback with me on my drum machine. There's crackers right there. But your That's record, what I you, ate every day. Your record collection was mean, though. Oh, you, no. You, I, you I, had the records. No, I had every record in the world. You didn't eat, but you had no, records. I had the record. So, um, you know, he came to tell me, like, yo, your club got taken away, boom, boom. And I was like, man, you know, I'm riding with you, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to ride with you till we get our shit back. And I ain't rocking with them over there. You know what I'm saying? Because this is where we started, and we we ain't, we ain't accomplished what we need to accomplish yet. We're going to take over everything. And, you know, he looked at me, and he really, really embraced that. And to this day, he tells me to this day where we at now, he brings it yeah. up. Like, I'll never forget that. And we ended up doing so much shit together. Um, club, when we got the club back, we won again. And the radio started popping, and we started doing five nights a week in the club and then I was doing all his clubs and then he's like yo you need to do other spots too cause I was like cool I ended up doing it but it was in a good energy you know what I'm saying but I felt like they were warring with my man they warring with me you know what I'm saying and you're not gonna get me cause 
you know, if I get, go over there, then you win the war because I provide the music. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's where the people are going to go. So I decided to say, you know what, I'll, I'll sit out. And we was out for months. And he would come by and, and show me love. And I was like, you know, that's all I need. And we, we made it. We, we both incredible right now. Well, and, the, and it says so much about you and loyalty. Another story about Miami that I thought was interesting. When you did sign the Koch, that's a very small independent label. Two questions. How were you able to get all of the biggest artists that were out to do records for you on that label? And then when you had the We Taking Over video, I remember this, you had a civic budget, but you wanted a Bentley video and you had a Bentley video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How were you able to do all of that? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I really explained this to people before, but when I did my deal at Koch, before I even even knew Joe, I was working on an album then too. Okay. Like super early in my career, where I had records with KRS One, Wow, uh, Wu Tang at their like when they're you know what I'm saying, and and, and I was just local. Right. Like I was so ambitious. So they were mixtapes. Nah, uh, I was working on an album. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I was in the studio working on an album, and everybody thought I was crazy. And they're like, how are you going to pull it off? I was like, man, I'm going to do it. And I was working then. That's what made me make my music now is because right. that's how I'm talking about when, when Wu-Tang was making Triumph. Mm -hmm. You know, before Triumph, when... Uh, M-E-T-H-O, uh, yeah, you know, the early, yeah, yeah, I was, you know, you know, wanting to make music with them, and, you know, um, I worked with, like, Prodigal Son, and, you know, trying to get me linked up to RZA, I did records with uh, Gangstar, mm -hmm. Guru, you know, all this stuff, and then I got records with Joe, and you know, that's how I built my relationship with Joe, like, just getting to know him, and he's seeing my ambitions as a DJ and as a producer, then, um, you know, I end up winning, with, got the Koch deal years later and started putting out hits. And then We Taking Over was a record that changed my life because it was a smash. And not even just that, it was so ahead of its time. Oh, oh the yeah. The sound. Yeah. Um, and it was one of Wayne's best verses ever. And it was all of the biggest artists at that, at time. that time. And still <laughs> Yeah, now. yeah. That was, yeah that so was, that it was right. like almost impossible yeah. to get clear. And, and everybody was like, who is DJ Khaled? Right. I so, think y'all had a campaign with who was DJ Khaled because yeah, yeah. who are you? Like, yeah. And then the video at that time, that was like a million dollar yeah. video. Yeah, yeah. You know, at that time, people were calling up Koch and me like, how can I get this video? Yeah. And it, and like, it, who paid for this? Right, right. And you use your favorites. I use my favorites, not even just that. I also use my vision. Right. You know what I'm saying? Gil Green, you know, was is still a big director. He was a big director then, mm -hmm. and he took a chance with me. You know, he made money, but he went to the overextent to make the video come to light the way I wanted it to. I'm like, I need boats, helicopters. You know, we gotta do this shit right. Me and Ross driving backwards, backwards in the Bentley. Bentley. <laughs> we gotta really, we gotta, you know, it's Biggie and Diddy, like, yes. you know, we gotta hypnotize. hypnotize. You hypnotize. I even called Puff at that yeah. time, like, yo, Puff, you know, out of respect, I'm letting him know, like, we're gonna be driving right. backwards yeah. now. And I was like, yo, you should come in the video as a camera. Right. I'm already hustling. Right, yo, right, right, why don't you right, jump right. in the car with right, us? Right, 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 right. Of course he didn't show up. Right, right, I mean, right. no, 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 I ain't mad at him, but you know what I'm saying? Like, what I'm saying is, that's how ambitious I was. You know what I'm saying? And when the video came to light, 
people were like, this is the dopest video. And the record was so big, it changed my life. Yeah, and it, and it put you on the map. But so Yeah, it put we, me on the map. We got a rap, but I just wanted to um, tell you this. I wanted to, I didn't, we didn't get a chance to really get into it, but the whole Snapchat and how really Snapchat gave you the steroids to take you to mm-hmm. the next level. But you tell this story, you, 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 you really literally just went on Snapchat just to kind of like do a couple things and just share your life. But you started sharing a lot of your life and... You, I don't think you or you said you didn't really realize all these people were connected with you, and then you go to Rick Ross's house yeah. on a jet ski. Yeah. You leave and you get lost on the jet ski and it's dark, yeah, and yeah. you're snapping yeah. on the jet ski in yeah. the dark in, in yeah. Florida. People called the Coast Guard yes. that were following you to come find you because I really they were, needed help. Yeah, like I was, yeah. everybody thinks like like having entertainment. I was really trying to calm my nerves down. Yeah. You know, having fun like you know yo 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 yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but meanwhile, I was in pitch black, black, dark. Using your see. using your cell phone for for light, light for light, and I barely had battery left. Yeah, and you know. When I finally overcome that storm, yeah. you know what I'm saying, I get to the crib and Coast Guard and yep. my girl freaking out and um, my Twitter was out of control yeah. and this and that and that. And then, um, you know, at that time I was staying in my house because so I was going through real hard times yeah. and I was really just meditating, jet skiing every day, watering my plants and really trying to find myself. And talking to your plants. Yeah, I was saying, yeah. like when I'm talking to my plants, it's like me talking to God, you know what I'm yeah. saying, like, mm-hmm. you know, and talking to myself, like, so... At Snapchat, my friend Whiteside, my, uh, Miami Heat's on Whiteside. Yeah, yeah. He would convince me to get on Snapchat, and my brother Mokes was like, "Yo, this, um, Snapchat is dope." Right. You know, so I gotta be a, up on the game. Like when Twitter come out, you gotta yeah. know what it is. Yeah. When Instagram come out, you gotta know what it is. Yeah. So when I got my Snapchat, I was in a dark place at my house, but not really a dark place. Meaning, as in mentally, I was going through hard times, but um, I wanted to find myself, and I told my my queen. I said, baby, I just got off the road, and I put, I just put my album out, changed, I changed a lot. I said, I just got off the road. I'm like, yo, baby, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I put all my, I was independent. I said, I, I, I have to be honest with you. You know, I spent all the, all the money. I, I put all my money into my album mm-hmm. and into my tour bus and to, to travel the world and to do interviews with you. And, mm-hmm. you know, every time you see me come to your station, just know yeah. that. You know, that's yeah. me. No, when I was in Cleveland, yeah. like, you would get the tour bus and yeah. come and, to Cleveland. And at that time, I wasn't flying, so yeah. it cost, like, it's not yeah. cheap. Yeah. So, say I did a gig when I came to your station yeah. at a club, yeah. I, I didn't get to make the money from my pocket. I only right. made a few grand that day. Right. It was to pay the gas and the, the driver. Gas the bus, yeah. And hopefully, all 10 of guys were staying in two rooms. Right. You know, people didn't see that. Yeah. And I was doing that for a while. So, I came home to my, my queen, I was just like, yo, you know, I spent all the money. You know what I'm saying? And the house, I was living in a beautiful house, and I have it to this day. And I was like, you know, I'm a, I said, baby, I'm going to figure it out somehow. But all I care about now is finding a way to buy the house. Right. Because I, I was mad at myself. I said, man, I've been in this game this long, and I don't own nothing for myself. If this shit stopped tomorrow, what the fuck? Right. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, if, number one records, all that mean nothing. You know, say so what the fuck happens when it stops tomorrow? And it's the story of most artists. That's yeah. what happens to so, most artists. So, but the thing is that what I did was I bet it on myself. Right. And it wasn't that the story of most artists where I just blown money. No, I was investing in Khaled right. and we the best. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never had the problem of, like, the artist story, like, oh, he bought a car and he's broke. No, I'm always going to have a nice car, you know, because that's part of my, the, the, the business plan, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like... So, I tell my queen, yo, 
We gonna be good. I'ma focus on finding a way to buy the house. I'ma have to get a loan. I'ma figure it out, but I wanna buy the house first. I said, baby, all I wanna do is go swimming, jet skiing, and I wanna have a baby. Okay, all right. I said, if I wanna stop this shit tomorrow, I know I'm good. I got my house, I got my swimming pool, I got my jet ski, and I got you, and I want a baby. Okay. We end up, get, I, and she got pregnant, you know, the old cow would be like, yo, I'm not going to have a baby till I'm I'm a billionaire. Right. Because I want to be right. I said, nah, boom. I said, I just want my family, and I want to be by myself. Mm-hmm. So I was stuck in my house for like three months. It was um, like October, November, December. So while I was in those three months is when I had the Snapchat. They were teaching me, and my own friends couldn't even come to my house. I was, I was, in, right. a, I was in a meditation mm-hmm. where I didn't want to talk to nobody. You know what I'm saying? No, it's just, I said, I need, I, need, I need time to figure this out for my life. And everything was running right. The music, everything. I did everything. I just put all my money into it, meaning as I bet it on myself. Right. So now I'm praying that it all comes back. Right. Now, when you're independent, your money don't come right away. No. It comes sometimes years later. Yeah. You know, you got to be patient to get your money. And you don't realize how much you made. Right now, I'm making money off the grind that I bet on myself when I'm independent, the money's now coming in. It's crazy. I get a check like, oh, my God, I actually made my money back. You know what I'm saying? Like, So at that time, I ended up getting a loan. I ended up getting the house. And I ended up just living in my house. I was, I was laying, since I bought the house, I redid the whole backyard. I started landscaping. You know, it's my house now. You know, I'm putting plants. Put the hammock. You know, I'm in the pool every day. You got me doing jacuzzi talk. All this stuff is going on, jet ski talk. Meanwhile, I swear to you, I don't even know how to really use this thing. Okay. I'm just pushing a button and I'm right. doing, and talking to it. And I don't even life. know how to follow, follow nobody, right. nothing. <laughs> right? I don't even know if it tells you if you have followers. Because Snapchat don't really tell you, you know, unless you have views. So I'm doing it, boom, 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 boom. Now it's December. The jet ski thing went down. All this went down. Uh, and, like, it's December. I finally get out of my house. Like, meanwhile, I only would go to the studio in my house. So... I never really went into public. Like, so I went to the Apple store because my phone broke because the jet ski kept getting water in it. Mm-hmm. I went there and I went to the Apple store and I was like, yo, you know, I know people know DJ Khaled. I mean, you know, in, mm-hmm. a, in a, a humble way, I mean, as in they, right. I've been a p- part of people's lives musically. Yo, Khaled, what up? We got you coming line, boom, coming front line, boom, boom. I'm like, thanks, man. You know, some people are like, yo, you need autograph, like normal stuff right. that I've, I've experienced in my life. Right. But like 10 minutes later, I turn around. I see like 10,000 people in the store. The whole mall. The whole mall is yeah. in the Apple store. Yeah. So I'm looking, up, I'm looking around saying, is Justin Bieber here? Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, <laughs> right. like literally saying to myself. Yeah. And then I turn. It was one of the NBA players in the store from Miami Heat. He just got signed, forgot his name. And I'm like, okay, they're here for him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm like, but I'm hearing everybody start screaming like, they were here for me. Yeah. They started going, Lion, yeah. Major Key, um, yo, we the best, another one. You know, you know, just wobbling out. So I'm like, yo, the manager's like, yo, you need to go in the back of the store. I'm like, no, I ain't going to the back of the store. I'm in my swim trunks. I got a white tee on just like this. I'm like, yo, I'm got my flip-flops. I'm like, I'm chilling. This, I'm from Miami. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, and, and this is at home. Right. So it's that, like, you know, when you're at home, you're at home. Right. So the whole place going crazy now. I go home, I'm like, yo, mom, 
you know, I always tell you I'm the greatest, but damn. <laughs> you won't believe some, what happened. There's some Beatles shit that's happened. <laughs> some, like, yeah. Bieber stuff happened. Yeah. And she's like, yo, you, you know, relax, calm down. And then you, know, you start experimenting like, in other places, right? You know, so what happened is that you know, this is, like, in December, so I had a gig in Vegas. Right. So now I'm, like, at this time, I'm finally, I'm happy now. Besides what happened at Apple Store, when I said I'm happy, I started being spiritual and meditating. It wasn't about money, none of that. It was about finding myself, my girl pregnant. I was excited for right. what's coming forward. Yeah. And I already masterminded in my mind saying, we're going to continue to win, and we're not fucking giving up. Right. I made my decision that day. Mm-hmm. We're not giving up. And I went and did a gig in Vegas. I get to Vegas. I Snapchat that, you know, I'm in Vegas. I wake up in the morning. The uh, the guy that booked me there is like, yo, you cannot come downstairs. I'm like, what you mean? I'm in Vegas. I'm going to go to the pool party. Give me some food. And, yo, you know how we do. I want the VIP and the pool party, everything. He's like, nah, you can't come downstairs. So I didn't listen. I went downstairs. Elevator open. It was 10,000 people in the lobby screaming, boom, boom. So, you know me, I jumped in the crowd like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the club that night was triple sold out. And, you know, fan love just, it just, just grew. And it's like at the same time, as it was a special time because I found myself and what I learned about my social media was my fans got to know who I was. Right. And when your fans start to know your story, meaning that you as a person, besides you making a number one record, they start to know who Khaled is. Mm-hmm. They 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 liked who Khaled was. Right. And not what even about the music. Yeah, it's not even about this the music. They they know about the music. They support that. But right. now it's about Khaled. Like, and I thought about. It, I was like, man, if you think about your favorite artist, your favorite actor, your favorite athlete, your favorite. It could be your mother, it could be your father, whoever's your favorite, your favorite person at work. The reason why you like them is because you know something about them that makes you like them. Right. Besides, they sound good on the radio. Angie right. Ann sounds good on the radio, that's great. But, man, Angie Ann, she really good people, man. Right, right. She really good people, man. You know what I mean? Oh, and that, I love that too. So that's what happened with me, and it's like, I said, damn, all the fans want is to know who who you are you know what I'm saying and they related to me and connected with me you know what I mean and we was all over the world saying they don't want us to win so we're gonna win more and that's what we're doing you know what I mean well I will tell you this that the biggest or one of the biggest songs in your career is the defining character of your career all you do is win DJ College National Anthem thank you for being on the Backstory Podcast yeah, thank you man my I need, brother I need a copy of this video because I want to focus I never did nothing in depth like this this is dope man well, I Cole, appreciate this is really you man dope. and, and thank I'm used you to doing you interviews do. about you know the song yeah. the album when it's coming out uh, real quick let's talk have about a nice just, day just, just tell them about the album Life of Facade or Father of Father Facade Father of Facade coming out um, this year the single just dropped no brainer me Justin Bieber Quavo Chance the Rapper um, it's available on all platforms, um, iTunes, video out right now on Vivo. Album is going to have 11 songs because it's my 11th album. And um, it's almost done. And we cooking and it's coming this year. All right, Tracy, you see that? We got that. Got to talk about that album, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. CJ Khaled. Yes. This is, I'm going to be honest. Cough talk. This is like my favorite. I've had favorite interviews. This is my favorite because we really got in depth. About you know the life and the story of Father Vasad. Yep, 
Backstory Podcast. Check it out right now. Another one. Coming up next on the Backstory Podcast. The story of Jermaine Dupree. You had your crisscross major pop worldwide smash success a few years earlier, and in 95, you have it again with Always Be My Baby from Mariah Carey, which again, you deliver her the most urban sounding record she had ever done. I never listened to what people told me about artists. I just go with what I feel like I, I like, you know what I mean? And I felt like when I made the first Always Be My Baby, I didn't know what that song Get more of the backstory on our Patreon page with exclusive interviews, outtakes, and the Lost Controversial Backstory Podcast you can only get here. Support on the Backstory Bonus Level.